Hey guys, before we get to the show, we just wanted to give you some big news. Big, big news. First off, cultofsplat.com is now live. That's going to be your central hub where you can find all the places to subscribe to the show, as well as, of course, all the latest episodes and where to follow us on social media. Anything Cult of Splat related, it's going to be right there. It's a great looking website and you should go to it. And not only that, but you can also get information on events such as our first ever virtual live show, May 26th at four o'clock Pacific. We're going to be talking about fear and loathing in Las Vegas. And where are we going to be doing this live event at? We're going to be doing it from Las Vegas. Las Vegas, baby. So make sure to head over to cultofsplat.com or facebook.com slash cultofsplat because this event is free live on Facebook. You can still send us money if you want, though. We will always accept money. That's another thing about the new website. There is a donate link. Yay. So make sure to head over to cultofsplat.com and enjoy the show. Welcome to another episode of Cult of Splat. I am your host, Taylor Bartle, here as always with Kevin Nesgoda. Yo, what is up? Happy Friday the 13th. Happy Friday the 13th. The best day of the year. Twice, sometimes. Yeah. I think it happens I, every six months. I, I don't know how that math works. I, I'm not a calendarologist. A, a lunarologist? Is that the moon? Does that have anything to do with the moon? The moon's not real. Well, no, you're thinking of birds. Oh, that's right. My wife is a moon truther, whatever that means. Oh, no. What? <laughs> I think she thinks it's flat and made of cheese. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, that's that's all true. That... Oh, that's fine, yeah. And it's hollow, and it has like a bell, and there's aliens. I don't know. I remember there was a commercial a while ago, and it was like, in 1960, or it was like, man used to believe that the moon was made of cheese. In 1969, we traveled there. And realized it was made of rock. We haven't been back since. Yeah, why would you go back? We have plenty of rock on Earth. Yeah. I mean, we but have plenty there's... of cheese, too. But Yeah. But if you could have lunar cheese. You could just mine cheese instead of having yeah. to use cows. Yeah. You know, there would be no use for a cheese farm. That's right. Or a dairy, whatever they call it. I like cheese farm better cheese than dairy. Cheese farm, dairy, whatever. <laughs> Stole that from Archer. Oh, did you? Yeah. Don't tell people when you plagiarize things. Oh, my bad. Well, I don't want to get sued. <laughs> there are people funnier than I am out there. And they should get credit for it. That's true. So today we are, of course, talking about Friday the 13th. Now, I know a lot of people out there are probably going, what? Friday the 13th? That's that's a rotten movie? Uh, well, we are talking about the 2009 remake from Platinum Dunes. Oh, Michael Bay doing his best to destroy my childhood in the uh, early 2000s. Uh, surprising lack of explosions in this for a Michael Bay produced movie. I don't think there was a single one. Yeah. And I don't think anybody almost died on set. Like, you know, Jake Gyllenhaal did in his latest movie (laughs) or Michael Bay almost. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, let's blow up some stuff and then have a, uh, ambulance just go off the rails and almost like wipe out half the crew. Just careen right towards the entire crew. Yeah. It's fine. Uh, this has a rotten tomato score of 26%. 
Wow. Uh, and not much higher for the audience score. Audience score is 46%. This might be our overall cumulative, like, lowest movie to date from, you know, the tomato meter and from the um, audience. It might be. I don't remember what Breakfast of Champions was, but. Oh, yeah, that's true. (laughs) Uh, The critics consensus says, though technically well-constructed, Friday the 13th is a series rehash that features little to distinguish it from its predecessors. Which isn't necessarily bad because the original Friday the 13th series is fucking iconic. Yeah, and I, I don't entirely disagree with that, but I also don't think it needs to distinguish it from its predecessors because that's kind of the whole point is it's it's a friday the 13th movie it's a remake like yeah the only one of the big issues i had with it um i like the death scenes i liked uh i like a lot of some of the stuff but um i thought it was just too clean looking like i want like a gritty friday the 13th not like an ultra hd friday the 13th I mean, that's just a sign of the times, I think, unless you just actually like go back and shoot on film like it's or digitally dirty De-han- up. Yeah. Dehance. <laughs> Dehance. Yeah. I mean, compared to like, you know, the original from 1980 to like 2009. I mean, you know, technology did, you know, expand a little bit in those 20. A little years. bit. Yeah. Yeah. This is directed by Marcus Nispel. Thank uh, God direct- it wasn't Michael Bay. <laughs> he, yeah. <laughs> he's directed a handful of other horror stuff. Um Written by Damian Shannon and Mark Swift, who also wrote Freddy vs. Jason. Which I thought was fun, and I'm sad they couldn't work in uh, Ash into that like they originally planned. Yeah. Uh, The IMDb short synopsis says, A group of young adults visit a boarded-up campsite named Crystal Lake, where they soon encounter the mysterious Jason Voorhees and his deadly intentions. Which is, yeah, that's accurate. That's 100% accurate. You know, finally, people haven't fucked it up. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So jumping right into things, we open up in a black and white flashback montage. It's June 13th, 1980. Uh, His name was Jason. He was my son, and today is his birthday. This is basically the entire first movie, like the original movie from 1980, 1979. Um, Oh, Tony is cringing hearing me not know my facts. I thought it was 1980. Um, I mean... This scene takes place in 1980, so we're going to just go with that. Okay. But this it's basically just the, the entire, or at least the end of the original movie. Right. Told in, in a series of, you know, just kind of quick cuts. Pamela Voorhees chasing, I mean, what we assume is Alice from the original movie, uh, through the woods. Alice lops off Pamela's head, just like in the original. Yep. But unlike in the original we see that Jason was actually there. He, he you know, saw it crawled out of the lake and he goes up to his mother's body and he grabs the machete that Alice used to cut off her head. And he grabs this locket that has Pamela's picture and a young Jason's picture. Yeah. We then cut to quote unquote present day, which would be 2009. Oh, the year of 2009. <laughs> <laughs> Back when we were so naive about what was to come. Wasn't quite 30. Uh, we see Ben Feldman, of course, Jonah from Superstore. Love Ben Feldman. Uh, he's got his little posse. It's him, the guy from Shit My Dad Says. <laughs> um, and their friends, Mikey, Whitney, and Amanda. I kind of get the impression that Ben Feldman and Amanda are a couple, 
Yeah. And Mike and Whitney are a couple. And shit my dad says is the fifth wheel. Yeah, definitely the fifth wheel. But it also seems like he's kind of the one that brought him out here because he discovered that there's apparently this cannabis plant out there that he wants to go and just harvest. And it's uber rare and top quality, I assume. Uh, yeah. But only him and Ben Feldman know about it. Right. Everybody else thinks they're just there on a camping trip. Yeah. But, uh, you know, Ben Feldman tells shit my dad says. He's like, hey, man, you got you got to relax. Like, you're too wound up. And he goes, oh, I am relaxed. You want to know why? Because I'm going to be rich. And you know what rich people do? They relax. It's true. They don't, <laughs> I don't have to know worry why. about shit. <laughs> I don't know why, but I love, I love that delivery. No, it, it was spot on. He nailed it. Yeah. And it's that... That line holds up as well then as it does today. Probably a little bit more today. Yeah. So you know what rich people do? They go to space. Yeah. <laughs> they don't do shit else. We have to work for our money. Rich people don't. They just go to space and buy Twitter. Yeah. Later that night, uh, Mike offers the, the gang a, some kind of foreign beer. I don't recall what it was. Probably a Heineken. Yeah, Heineken. <laughs> Come have a Heineken. Then we can play Mortal Kombat. We'll hang out, have a Heineken. Heineken. Uh, but no, not for Ben Feldman, because he is drinking Pabst Blue American Ribbon, which is not the name of the beer. <laughs> he botched that one. Or they might have had to change it up for uh, legal reasons. Pabst, I feel like, like, I feel like I if, you can, if you can say Pabst, that's that's the copyright, right? Like that's yeah. that's the trademark. Yeah. But he had to he had to throw American in there. Yeah. And I like, don't get it. I don't want your foreign beer. I want, yeah, Pabst I don't want Blue your Canadian American Pabst. Ribbon. Your your toboggan past. <laughs> uh, shit, my dad says, rolls up and talks about it. He's like, hey, I found some cabins back there. I think it's the old Crystal Lake. And so, of course, it's it's the vintage Friday the 13th story. You know, everyone, every movie has to have someone recounting the story of Jason Voorhees. Every freaking time. Why did I say yeah. freaking? I can swear on this podcast. <laughs> That's right. Fuck shit. Fuck. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> The C word. Wait, why did that come out edited? Huh. <laughs> uh, yeah, but he, you know, he tells him that there was this camp and the mom went crazy and killed everybody, but the son saw it all. So Mike and Whitney kind of take off because Whitney's all stressed out because her mom died. Yeah. Right? Or is sick? No, she just died. She, okay. Yeah. Cancer. Fuck cancer. Yeah, really. Feldman and uh, shit my dad says are talking about you know survival what they would do and he was like you know if if I had to I would eat your leg <laughs> and shit my dad says is like dude I could teach you how to fish you could just go fishing and he's like I don't eat fish and Amanda's like that's not what you told me which it's, it's kind of gr- that's pretty gross <laughs> I am not a fan of using fish metaphors for cunnilingus no it yeah that's just <laughs> gross like no i'm not i'm not gonna get any deeper into it i don't think I mean, people know what we're talking about there but yeah they know there's a difference yeah anyway on we go yeah shit my dad says is going on and on about gps or some other nerd shit <laughs> geographical and, tracking system or whatever the fuck they call it yeah and feldman is behind him like looking at Amanda, just like, I'm going to fuck you so hard. I'm going to go in that tent. I'm going to fuck you. I'm going to put my penis inside your vagina and I'm going to ejaculate. Yeah. Like, it's just <laughs> it's like, we get it. Yeah. And I went on for like five minutes. I'm like, dude, let's hurry this up a little bit. <laughs> yeah. 
but Amanda pulls her fake tits out. Oh, like right, so bad. right behind shit my dad says. She's pouring oil all over herself. Where did she get the oil? Why does she bring oil? <laughs> Who brings oil camping? Just for this occasion. Yeah, just that. What are you bringing oil for? To rub on my tits? <laughs> Where do you get off having tits? <laughs> Where do you get off having tits? <laughs> I'm a woman. Ben Felsman tells shit my dad says, hey, dude, you, you got to go because if it's not clear by now, I'm going to go fuck Amanda in our tent. He's like, fine, I'll leave you alone. Yeah, so he goes off, puts his headphones in, start rocking out to some Sister Christian. Motorin. Motorin. Great song. Awesome song. I think we've all sung that out in the woods once or twice. Oh, most definitely. Yeah. So he's out taking a piss, and what does he spot out of the corner of his eye? But a big, fat cannabis plant. With lots of buds. Yes, sir. Just so he, he gets all excited. Virgin. Completely what? Completely virgin. Yeah, that's right. Untouched, pure cannabis. So he gets all excited, but then all of a sudden we see the part two version of Jason with the bag on his head. Although it's a little cooler in this version because it's kind of like pulled tight. It's not just like a sack on his head. Yeah, where he looks like a hobo. Yeah, I kind of like this look. No, it was pretty creepy. Yeah, but he takes out shit my dad says. We see Mike and Whitney. They find Camp Crystal Lake and they start exploring. They go into one of the cabins. Mike finds the locket and he tells Whitney, hey, it looks like you. You should keep it, which remember that because that's going to come in later. Yes, it will. Cut back to Ben Feldman and Amanda fucking in the tent. Just and they're going just, to town. It's so like stereotypical movie sex where it's just like, yeah, yeah. You like that? You like that? Oh, my God. Yes, I like that. <laughs> but she she hears something and she's like, hey, I think shit my dad says is out watching us and ben feldman is like hey man if you're if you're out there jerking off that's not cool <laughs> and then he's just like all right we good all right just goes back to fucking yeah. she hears something else she's like hey you need to go out there and he's like i'm not gonna go out there with a boner <laughs> which is it's relatable you never want to go anywhere with a boner yeah but he's also been cock blocked twice so i feel like that boner's tenuous at this point yeah that's uh it's starting to get a little blue at this point. Yeah, when you got to stop halfway through. Twice. Whew, that's tough. It's yeah. tough to come back from. Yeah. It's the edging you don't want. Right. Is Never mind. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I need to delve into your personal life. Uh, no. <laughs> Not so even my roommate. <laughs> I mean, my wife. <laughs> Feldman goes out looking for shit my dad says. And he sees his ear with the ear pod, air pod, ear bud, ear bud, yeah, but still in it. There was nothing wireless back in 2009 yet. That's true. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's hanging from a plant. Yeah. And he looks over and he's, he sees him up against a tree, just dead as all hell. Yeah. With half his head cut off. Yeah. But his glasses were still on somehow. <laughs> yeah. He didn't even have an ear on one side. Like, yeah. What's holding the, them up? Yeah. The glasses were like perfectly like situated. <laughs> That's so we know it was him. Yeah, exactly. But if the glasses were tilted, like, you know, just 12 degrees, and we're like, oh, who's that guy? Right. <laughs> or if the glasses were only half glasses, you'd be like, oh, who could that possibly be? Why does the guy have a monocle in the woods? <laughs> oh, no, he killed the Monopoly guy. No, not again. <laughs> this happens every time I go camping. So Feldman run, runs back to the tent, and he sees Amanda tied up 
in actually, I mean, I guess before this, we see Jason actually like slice through the tent yeah. and grab Amanda. Feldman runs back. Place. Jason did? Yes, I assume. It's been a while. <laughs> it's probably been a long while. A long, long time. Probably not pulling many chicks with a sack over your head. <laughs> Barney sits in the background. Challenge accepted. <laughs> <laughs> so Feldman runs back to the camp and he sees Amanda tied up in her sleeping bag over the campfire. Yes, yeah, he got her in that sleeping bag tied up and hung up real quick because they weren't very far away. Yeah, and I remember them talking about, I think it was Shannon and Swift talking about how this was like their their homage to the, the sleeping bag scene in parts, sorry, six. Tony, part six, I think. Yeah, it was six. When he just takes the sleeping bag and slams it against the tree, which yeah. is probably the best kill in the entire series. Yeah, I fucking love that. Like one of my Bigfoot stories that I wrote, like I did an homage to that. <laughs> Yeah, so when they were like, this is our kind of take on it. And I was like, nah, fuck that. Just do it. Just yeah, do just that scene again. Just pulverizer in that sleeping bag against that tree. It was a huge fucking oak tree. It's yeah. pride for just bashing a body against. I well, we assume. See, we see Amanda fall out of the uh, sleeping bag and she's just extra crispy. Yeah. Uh, the original recipe, 13 herbs and spices. When Feldman tries to get to her, he gets caught in a bear trap. And his leg almost comes off. His leg is shredded. Yeah. Like it goes to the bone and strips it clean. Yeah. We see Mike and Whitney back at the camp and they find the shrine, which is another homage to part two. Yep. Complete with Pamela Voorhees' head. Although in this one, the way they discover it is a little different. It's like there's a hole in the wall and they're like, oh, there's something in there. And they reach in and they pull it out. They're like, ah! And they drop it in the grimiest bathtub you'll ever see. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they hear something or the door slams. Yeah. And so Mike gets down on all fours and he's kind of like looking under the door and this machete comes up through the floorboards. That has to be the sharpest machete I've ever seen in a, in a movie. <laughs> yeah, probably. But that shit's fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> like that would scare the shit out of me. Me too. <laughs> I get off the floor much faster than he did. Yeah. That's the most aggressive version of the floor is lava ever played yeah i would be stuck on a ceiling so quick (laughs) yeah like jump in the tub or something yeah there's like a toilet in there there's a sink there's the tub even though it has a decapitated head that's like 50 years old beats getting a machete to the the foot the leg and the hand like mike does yeah and then all of a sudden jason bursts through the floorboards not the first time he does this or not the last time he does this either. Yeah. Grabs Mike, drags him through the floor. Drags him to hell. We then go back to the campsite. Whitney runs up. Feldman's like, help me, help me. I'm in a fucking bear trap. And she's like, I'm going to check on this dead chick first, though. <laughs> and not even acknowledge you exist. Who's clearly dead. Yeah. She is smoldering. And she's like, I'm going to check on you. And I'm not going to even acknowledge Ben Feldman over there. Yeah. But then she finally, she runs up and she is trying to get the bear trap off. But Jason comes up machete right to Ben Feldman's face. I loved seeing that. Like the way they filmed this was awesome. Just like him, just like just the speed he comes up on him and just like delivers that shot. Like, yeah, a lot of people had an issue with Jason running in this. Yeah, I can see that because, you know, he walked everywhere. He was more zombie like in the original series. Not until part five. True. 
But he wasn't really Jason in part five. That's also true. Um, It was a paramedic. Oh, spoiler alert. (laughs) Kane Hodder always makes a point of mentioning that he is the first person to make Jason not run. Oh. So get over it. Fanboys. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the way they the way they shot that was actually that he took. I'm assuming it was like a machete with a hole cut in it or something. And yeah, he put it right against Ben Feldman's head and then pulled it backwards. Yeah, and so then they just played it, you know, reversed the film. Yep, and so it looks like he's swinging it forward, which is fucking cool. But yeah, yeah, yeah it was just a cool angle and everything. I really love that shot, and they like. You know, I don't mind them, like, you know, usually I'm not a fan of, like, when they redo a shot, like, so quick, but, like, when the girl's running away, uh, I forget her name, and Whitney. Whitney, yeah, and she falls down, and they, like, redo the same thing, they have, like, you know, basically the over-the-shoulder Jason's coming at her, machete rays, I'm like, oh, that's just so fucking cool and badass, yeah, I'd be scared shitless, but that's so fucking cool right now, watching it on TV. Yeah, it's it's an iconic-looking shot. It is, it really is. Uh, and this is the first time it pops on screen Friday the 13th. Yeah. Even though it's like January 12th. We have no idea what time it is. I know. I'm just throwing out a random <laughs> date. Cut to six weeks later. We are introduced to a motley crew of, of young adults. And they're not teenagers. I don't. I mean, they seem like they're in the, probably in their 20s. Yeah, I think they're like, they mentioned college-ish stuff in not the too distant past. Yeah. Uh, we've got Ryan Hansen. Trent, played by Travis Van Winkle. No also, relation to Vanilla Ice, as far as I know. <laughs> also has the same exact name in this movie as Transformers. Therefore, Transformers in this Friday the 13th are in the same universe. Both Michael Bay movies? Yep. The, the Bayiverse. The Bayiverse. Ugh, gross. <laughs> uh, there's also Chewy, Lawrence, Bree, Jenna, and Willa Ford. And Willa Ford. Back when she was a thing. When, when there's well-known people, I don't even bother with the characters. It's like, whatever. Yeah. No one's going to remember her name was Chelsea. Was that her name? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, when I see Ryan Hansen, I think of Blaze from uh, um, Burning Love. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, sorry, I got to bounce. Got to check my mail. <laughs> and Travis Van Winkle and Ryan Hansen both uh, cameoed on Happy Endings. Truth. God, I love that show. Oh, it was so good. That show deserved another eight seasons. Absolutely. It had no, yeah, there was zero like going down. It just got better and better. Yeah. Anyway. So our gang is stopping for gas. They go into the little Mark thing and uh, we see Jared Padalecki in there. Without Sam. Yep. Or mean Dean. I don't know which is which. Without Jensen Ackles. Yeah. Jensen Ackles is Dean, I believe. Yeah. He's Dean. Okay, I'll take your word for it. He's in there looking for his sister, who is Whitney. He just wants to put up these these posters. But according to the guy behind the counter, he would love to. But the owners are real. <sighs> I don't know why, but that's the funniest thing in the world. Yeah, I'm just like, <laughs> the owners are real. <laughs> I can't swear. That's uh, that's when the that I quote a lot. <laughs> Just hey, quit being a. <laughs> I assume he meant the c word. I guess, or just generic insult here. Yeah, insert generic insult here. Trent 
gives Padalecki some shit. Is basically just like, you know, hey, if you're not going to buy anything, could you get out of the way so I can pay for my shit? And just being a douchebag. Just being a douchebag in general, yeah. Yeah. So we see Padalecki roll off on his little motorbike, and he gets pulled over. And this cop is just like, hey, I know you're looking for your sister, but she's not here. So just stop looking for her. Yeah, get the and I'm fuck like, out. <laughs> I'm like, let the guy look for his sister. What the, what harm is he doing? It's not like he's out there doing vigilante justice or something. Yeah. Like Hanging up the locals. Yeah, he's just looking for her and putting yeah. up posters. Yeah, let the man be. Yeah, he's not beating up old ladies or anything like that. Right. Uh, the rest of the gang, they show up at Trent's parents' cabin. Which is a nice cabin on Camp Crystal Lake. It's, it's everything. A damn nice cabin. It's probably the only cabin. I'm like, his dad was the only one that had balls to build on Camp Crystal Lake. It has to be the only cabin because later on, kind of skipping ahead, but Jared Padalecki calls the cops and he's like, yeah, I want to report a homicide. I'm at a house on Crystal Lake. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. <laughs> so it, yeah. Has to, it has to be the only one. Yeah. There's the camp that's run down and then there's this. And there's one place. house. Yeah, this $2 million man, uh, cabin mansion that's like, it wasn't even like right on the lake. It was like back up a little bit. That's true. Jared Padalecki goes to this old lady's house. This is our harbinger, which for people who don't know, I got to remember I'm not hosting a horror movie podcast right now. A harbinger, <laughs> a harbinger in a horror movie podcast is basically the the person, he's they're the old Ralph of the original Friday the 13th. Old Ralph, of course, was the one who was like, that's a, it's a death camp. It's got a death curse. You're all doomed. <laughs> stay away from there you kids of course the guy in uh, Cannibal the Musical Doom <laughs> Doom but she tells Padalecki you know if, if your sister's missing then she's dead yeah. because he found her and you know people around here just want to be left alone and so does he and he's like Padalecki is like who's he who's he and she just slams the door in his face yeah Jesus <laughs> <laughs> praise him yeah, phrase him. <laughs> Jesus? No, Jason. <laughs> what? Back at the cabin, we see the gang is playing a bunch of drinking games. Uh, it seemed like they all they, they just shook up one can of beer and you had to try and pick the one that wasn't shaken up, I guess. Yeah, it's like a beer version of Russian roulette. With I guess like so. I've Much lower stakes. Yeah. Me, me either. Why would you waste beer? Uh, we see Trent is trying to fuck Jenna. I don't, I, I don't know if Trent and Jenna are a couple. It seems that way at first. Yeah, there's a strong lean into that. Yeah. Yeah, um, I thought they were a couple. And then she's like, I'm just going to go hang out with uh, Sam Winchester for half the movie now. Well, yeah, and then he fucks Bree. Yeah. Again, kind of jumping ahead. And like when, she, when Jenna comes to the door, he's like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> so they, yeah, he's probably cheating because he's a douche. Oh, he wasn't hiding it. No, that's true. We see Padalecki, he goes to this uh, like workshop barn thing, and working inside is Lil Kev. <laughs> From It's Always Sunny. Hey. <laughs> Pretty much just playing Lil Kev. <laughs> yeah. Just with, yeah, he even busted out a, little, a couple rhymes a little bit later. <laughs> like kind of like he's working on some kind of, I don't know, lumber tool or a wheat thresher or something uh a chipper wood chipper wood chipper okay yeah padalecki comes up and tries to get his attention he turns around he says oh man you were about this close to hitting the start button on a whoop ass machine (laughs) (laughs) 
And then Padalecki, you know, holds up a poster and he says, hey, have, have you seen this girl? <laughs> and though Kev's like, nah, but I wish I had. It's like, dude, that's my fucking sister. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, all right, you're going in the wood chipper, asshole. <laughs> and Padalecki assumes the Corey Feldman. No. <laughs> <laughs> but Padalecki just, you know, says, okay, thank you for your time. And like turns around and Lil Kev's like, wait, you want to buy some weed? <laughs> it's good shit. <laughs> He's like, I found this whole shitload of it out in the woods. So apparently he found shit my dad says is his is weed. But of course, Padalecki is not interested in such things. No, he is a good, clean boy. Back at the cabin, Willa Ford and Ryan Hansen are going to the lake. Willa Ford is like, do you guys want to come join us? Talking to Trent and Jenna. And Ryan Hansen, again, just repeating the same bit from earlier, is behind no. her just like, no, don't come. Don't come. I'm going to fuck her. I'm going to yeah. fuck her. Yeah. I'm going to put my penis inside her until I ejaculate. Yeah. Let's swirl it around a little bit and see what happens. <laughs> so, you know, Trent obviously gets the hint and is like, no, why don't you guys just go here? You, you can even take my truck. Just you want to go down this way and take a left. Actually, you know what? Just put boat in the GPS. Yeah. And right. Like, Hansen goes technology, yeah. which I don't. As much as I love the bosses are real, yeah. just the way Ryan Hansen screams technology may be my favorite line in the whole movie. Yeah, technology. It's technology. It's like, that's such a meme. Yeah. It's like, Jesus Christ. I was like, 2009. It's like, we didn't have GPS on our phones and shit yet. So like, you know, him having like, I was going to say a Waze, but like, I think it was a Garmin probably. It was probably a big deal. A built into his car. Yeah. Yeah. Because like... You know, in 2009, we're still probably printing out, you know, MapQuest. MapQuest, yeah. <laughs> uh, Ryan Hansen is also wearing a shirt that says, fuck Christmas. It's like F asterisk asterisk K Christmas. I would totally own a fuck Christmas t-shirt. <laughs> I kind of wish the asterisks were Stars of David. Oh. <laughs> New t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> so Padalecki shows up to the cabin. What the fuck's this guy doing here? Again? Well, I mean, he didn't follow him, so he didn't know that it was their cabin, but... True. But there's one fucking cabin on the lake. <laughs> it's true. Jenna invites him in. Trent continues to be a dick. He's, He's just like, like, what the fuck are you doing in my house, bro? Yeah, his dick meter's turned up to 11 through this entire movie. At, at least any time Padalecki comes in. Padalecki yeah. just, like, triggers that needle to go a little higher. Yeah, it's like, he goes from 10 to 11. And the, you know, the other times he's like, dude, this is my dad's house. That's an antique chair. That's a family heirloom. That table's like, you know, stained oak. I was like, Jesus Christ, dude. He's like just fucking wound up the entire movie. Yeah, like, why are you having a party here if you're going to be so fucking worried about it? Yeah, like, yeah. Just have it at your college dorm or wherever the fuck you are. You're like two-bedroom apartment. His daddy probably bought him a townhouse or something. Oh, that's true. Jenna then leaves with, with Padalecki. They go off to search or to investigate the other side of the lake. <laughs> We see Lil Kev coming back to his workshop with a new batch of weed. Went and harvested some more. Yep. He goes and sits down and pulls out a hustler. He's looking at the hustler and he starts licking the hustler. Like he starts licking the centerfold. You like that, don't you, bitch? <laughs> <laughs> like, dude, that's paper. Like, yeah, you're licking paper. Like, I don't think I ever talked to my magazines when ever like yeah, that. That's weird. Yeah. That, that's pretty weird. But it is Lil Kev. That's true. <laughs> Um, did you know that's the one episode of Always Sunny that Glenn Howerton regrets? Really? Yeah. 
So Lil Kev hears a noise upstairs. He grabs a croquet mallet and goes up there. Croquet mallets are not hefty. No, I mean, they're going to leave a bruise. You know, it's going to take a good 60 to 75 wax to at least make somebody unconscious. And then another 200 to, you know, kill them. Yeah, and I feel like it's going to break before that. Oh, yeah, it's going to snap. Because, you know, I think croquet mallets had like a five whack limit most of the time. Yeah, but he sees a figure under a tarp. I kind of wish this scene had gone on a little longer because it there's like no music here either. You'd think there would no. be like a, a very ominous kind of underlying score yeah. here, but it's yeah, no score at all. No, and he just kind of goes up and like hesitates for a second and then pulls the tarp off. Yeah, they could have made that scene much more dramatic. They could have, but it's a mannequin uh, named Gina, <laughs> who apparently he lost his virginity to, which. Uh, Ow? Yeah. I have questions, but I don't want answers. <laughs> How do you fuck a mannequin? They're like, you would have to drill a hole in it, right? Yeah. And again, ow. Yep. It's like, he's not smart enough to like put a baggie of warm mayo up in it or anything. <laughs> Make a Fifi. <laughs> a Kofifi. <laughs> No, there's there's no way to do that like well in 2009 or before. Yeah, or ever. Ever, yeah. Even in 2022, I don't think there's a, a, a right way to fuck a mannequin unless it's an actual sex doll. Yeah, right. And A, a Tracy Morgan sex doll. <laughs> <laughs> or a Glenn Howerton sex doll. <laughs> why, why did you make his mouth like that? <laughs> why wouldn't I? <laughs> the... That sex doll is the creepiest thing I think I've ever seen in my whole life. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that thing. (laughs) It's just like the eyes are full of bewilderment and the mouth just says, come on in. (laughs) At least I think that's what they said on the podcast. But as Lil Kev is is flirting with Gina, talking about having another go with her. (laughs) It's like, oh, what? Yeah. Again, I have questions, but I don't want answers to those questions. (laughs) But I'm also morbidly curious, but I still don't want to know. Yeah. Jason comes up behind him, uh, starts choking him. Oh, he probably liked that. Lil Kev pulls Jason's mask off and sees his all, you know, messed up face. And he's like, that shit ain't right, dude. <laughs> but Jason grabs the machete and just slashes Lil Kev's throat. He's like, he takes this huge swing and like nicks his throat, but he just still blends out anyway. And this machete is like three feet long. Like, yeah. <laughs> and he was like two feet away from him. Yeah. He sh- that should have taken his head clean off. Right. Which I think it does. Cause later he's got a headless body, which I assume was little Kev, but I think it was cause they had like the body had like a flannel shirt and little Kev was wearing a flannel shirt. Yeah. Yeah. So did he anyway. just chop off the head and leave it in the house for someone else to find later? theoretically yeah i don't know i don't know what the fuck jason's doing jason goes to put his mask back on and instead he finds the hockey mask he's like oh hey check this shit out this is better yeah this is the one and only time in this movie we hear (laughs) you're right we hear that like so iconically through every other friday the 13th and jason movie yeah this is the only time we get this one yeah which i'm gonna just get on my high horse for a second uh boys and girls the sound is key, 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 ma, 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 Be- because it is the first half of the word kill and the first half of the word mommy. Yep. Because in the first movie, 
uh, Harry Manfredini, who did the soundtrack. There's a scene where Pamela is chasing Alice and she's whispering, kill her, mommy, kill her. And so Harry Manfredini took the first half of kill and the first half of mommy. And that's what makes it's not chi 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 ha ha ha. Chi 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 ha. No, that sounds like a really bad, like Telemundo show. So we go back to the, the boat. Ryan Hansen and Willa Ford are taken out on the boat. Willa Ford is wakeboarding topless. As we all do. Well, most of it. Yeah, I guess men would. <laughs> yeah. But she doesn't even have a life vest or anything. No, she's just going for it. All she has is the little tiny bottoms of her bathing suit. Yep. Inside the house, uh, Lawrence and Chewie are playing Trent and Bree in a game of beer pong. Chewie sinks one. And he tells Trent, hey, that's 10 in a row you've lost now. You got to shoot the boot, which means taking all the remaining beer, putting it in someone's shoe and drinking out of it. Which is absolutely disgusting. This is not a thing I've ever heard of. I've heard of it, but never witnessed it. I've never seen anybody lose beer pong 10 in a row. Yeah, losing 10 in a row is is bad. Yeah, that's that's Seattle Mariners bad. Hey, not in 2022. (laughs) Give it time. It's still early. So Chewie says, fuck it, I'll do it. So he makes a toast to all the felching, welching pussies of the world. <laughs> Pours this gross-ass beer out of his sweaty shoe down his throat. And the beer somehow got br- like a dark brown in that boot, too. On his shoe, I should say. Because his foot was funky. Yeah. Like that insta- shoe was not clean. No, that was like triple fermentation happening in that boot. <laughs> Back out on the boat. Ryan Hansen, you know, he's driving the boat while Willa Ford's wakeboarding and he gets an arrow through the back of his head. Clean. Right after Willa Ford wipes out, which when you're not wearing anything but a bikini bottom, that had to have hurt. Yeah, because when you're going... She slaps down on the water like belly flops. Yeah. And she skids a little bit and that's kind of like, you know, having done that a couple times, it's kind of like, you know, going over like rough dirt. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, from what I've heard is women getting hit in the tits is very unpleasant. I've heard that too. I can't say I know what it feels like. But, you know, she she seems no worse for the wear. She's all in the water like, woohoo! Ah! Yeah. And the boat starts, coming, <laughs> boat starts coming towards her, which is now, of course, not being driven by anyone. No. Cause... But she's just like, hey, here I am. Hey, wait. Whoa. Hey, whoa, whoa. Hey. hey. Boom. Boat hits her right in the head. Uh, that was a good, like, special effect. It looked like it actually hit her. Yeah, it did. Yeah. Uh, we see Jason hanging out in the woods. He's got a bow and arrow. Uh, I'll go ahead and say this now. One of the things I do not like about this movie is that Jason is much more adept at things. Oh, he is very adept. He is he is a skilled motherfucker in this movie. And, and the biggest problem I have is that later, when they're down in his little lair... You see these trophies for like archery. Oh, I totally missed that. And I'm like, if like, okay, Jason has been living in the woods for let's say 30 years. Yeah. Fine. He got, he learned how to do archery. He's got this whole camp to himself. Yeah. He he could learn how to do things like archery. Yeah. He would excel at naked and afraid. But that would have happened after his mom died. Right. After the camp shut down. From what we've seen of Jason's time at summer camp. Yeah. He was like not helped with anything by the counselors. No. He was picked on. He was bullied. He was thrown in the lake. Yep. 
So I don't see them teaching him how to be an archer. No, they're, they're not teaching him shit. They're basically, right. you know, trying to drive him to suicide. They're fucking and doing drugs. Yeah. That was the whole reason Pamela freaked out and killed everybody. Yeah. Because they weren't paying any attention to him. Right. Uh, there's a really good death scene here. Willa Ford hides under the dock. We see Jason walking above. Shit. Yeah, Machete comes straight down right into the top of her head. But what makes this such a good kill is that he then lifts her up. Her head hits the dock. We hear the machete come out and blood just kind of trickles down her face and she falls in the water. Yeah, just limp. So Uh, good. Yeah, and that's so much better than what they originally planned. They were just like, originally just going to have Jason like looking at her for like hours on end as she like just paddled around the lake trying to survive and just eventually like tie her out and drown. (laughs) That would have been boring. That would have been terrible. (laughs) We see Padalecki and Jenna they are now at Camp Crystal Lake, and it is now nighttime. We've we've skipped to nighttime. Just like that. Yeah. It would have been great if just like, paddle like, he's like, wow, it gets dark fast in these parts. Yeah, really? <laughs> Go from like 1 p.m. to like 10. We see Jason show up. They hide under some canoes. This is the part where we see the headless body. Yeah. And they find his back. What, what I thought was funny in this scene is like, like Padalecki's flashlight goes out. And he's like, hold on, I gotta get the, like, some batteries. And he goes into getting into his bag, but he never does because Jason shows up with the headless body at that point, so they hide. And, like, you know, his flashlight works perfectly well right after this. Like, <laughs> and he doesn't have his bag anymore, so he never got his batteries. I didn't notice that. I picked up on it. You got the archery trophies, I got the flashlight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so Jason finds Padalecki's bag. He freaks out that there's someone there, turns on the lights. Starts throwing the canoes around, but luckily he is throwing around the canoes on a different rack than the one they are hiding under. Talk about lucky. Yeah. And so then we just see Jason go off and we find out that Jason has this underground lair. I don't know how I feel about the underground lair and more so the tunnels. Yeah. Well, he's, he might've been a fan of digging and, you know, he's had like 30 years all to himself out there. Yeah, I mean, this was basically, I feel like, Shannon and Swift trying to explain how Jason gets from point A to point B so quickly. Yeah. because because he has all these underground tunnels. And shortcuts. But, you know, thinking of that, it's like, wouldn't it just be easier to walk from point A to point B above ground rather than, like, veering way out of the way to find, like, your tunnel entrance and then just, like, yeah, Yeah. snaking through the ground? You'd think. You would think. But like that takes away kind of that takes away some of the stigma of Jason, not stigma, but some of the um, mystique of Jason. Right, because Jason was always in the right place at the right time. I feel like they were trying to explain a lot of the things from the original series, like with the trophies, like, yeah, and and the underground tunnels. And it's like, dude, are these things we needed explained? I think no. at this point we all were just like, yep, that's the way Jason is. Cool. Yeah. Granted, He's- Jason is not a supernatural being until part six. Right, right. Until he gets dug up. Yeah, and he gets electrocuted. Or struck by lightning. Electrocuted, brought back to life. Thanks, Tommy. Fucking Tommy Jarvis. Son of a bitch. Uh, We see Whitney is in the underground lair, so she's still alive. (laughs) That guy was wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Jason kind of throws Padalecki's bag as he walks through. So Whitney starts digging through the bag. She finds the GPS that uh, Padalecki actually found it's shit my dad says is GPS and I like how the cops didn't find shit out there I was like we didn't find anything yeah right but he like just like oh here's the GPS just out in the middle just wide in the open 
she pulls it apart, pulls out some little metal piece and starts, she's like chained up. And so she starts kind of trying to pick the lock. And she's like knew like that one little metal piece was going to be there too. I would never think to rip open a mechanical thing and try and pull out a piece and use that. Yeah. Because like, that would not strike me. No, because like those pieces and like, you know, on the circuit boards aren't going to be strong enough to do anything. They're just going to snap. You'd think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, somehow I, she's gone this long and Jason hasn't noticed that she's wearing the locket. Yeah. But like Jason comes up and he stops her from trying to pick the lock. And this is the first time he notices the locket and he kind of freaks out and storms off. Yeah. He's like, uh, didn't she call him Jason too? She did. Yeah. Yeah. Which it seemed like was also the first time she was just like, Jason. He's and like, he like kind of snap to attention. Yeah. He's like, we oh, we don't use my name. No one says that anymore. Back at the cabin, Bree is dancing around for the boys. For the boys. For the boys. Saturday's for the boys. <laughs> and Chewy, Chewy is just absolutely enthralled by her, as one would be. Yeah. He says, when I come back in my next life, I want to be one of the buttons on the ass pocket of her jeans. <laughs> wasn't Lawrence, there, yeah, wasn't there like, ugh, I'm totally like blanking on the movie, but there was like a line in like a comedy movie. It's like, when I come back, or when I get reincarnated, I want to come back as spandex. I'm not sure what that is. Oh, oh it was Biodome. Oh. So uh, Lawrence tells Chewie, hey, just go over there and talk to her. Talk to her. Chewie says, I would have a better chance at fucking a penguin than her. That's such a good line. <laughs> but finally, he walks over there and he's got this flaming shot in his hand. <laughs> and Bree tells him, you know, you you know how to drink that thing? All you got to do is just put it to your lips and blow and suck. And he's had this thing going for a little while, too. Yeah, so he puts it up to his lips and just burns his lip. Yeah, the thing burns so long, there's no more alcohol in that shot anymore. <laughs> yeah. Freaks out, trips over a table, which is apparently a family heirloom. And breaks the legs off of it. Or it's a chair. Sorry, chair, not a yeah, table. Yeah. Trent just fucking freaks out. Yeah, Trent freaks out. He says, you know, this was this was a family heirloom. This is my dad's chair. Chewie's like, it's cool, man. I can fix it. I just need some tools. And so he leaves to go to the tool shed. Meanwhile, Bree grabs Trent and she's like, hey, don't worry about it. He'll fix it. Come with me. He's like, it's just a fucking chair. <laughs> yeah. So Chewie goes to the tool shed, which he walks in and he's like, Jesus Christ, you people are rich. Yeah. He's this like, more people, <laughs> more people call this a house. <laughs> It was a pretty nice garage. It was, yeah. It literally could have been a house. Like, Yeah. It was like the size of my house. And you don't have a small house. No. <laughs> but he's looking for tools. He comes across the scotch, takes a few swigs of that. Good old Lagavulin. I would have stopped taking a, a swig or two, but he didn't properly do it. Lagavulin deserves some time and some savory. And he's just like, I'm going to drink half this bottle right now. <gasps> and he says it's payment for being a douchebag. Yeah, which, you know, Trent is a douchebag. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, <laughs> Bree and Trent are now in the bedroom, and Bree pulls her tits out. Perfect nipple placement. <laughs> well, first Trent says, your tits are just stupendous. <laughs> um, which, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Can't argue that. Back in the living room, Lawrence is smoking a bong, and he grabs the nearest magazine starts flipping through it he's like come on 
give me something. And he's like, no swimsuits? No, no, it's a goddamn winter catalog. Oh, wow. <laughs> and then a line that Ooh. I just love. He finds this lady in a sweater, and it's like the closest he's going to get. And he goes, lady, I'm about to ruin your ruin perfect day. day. Yeah, because like the model's like a perfect day, and she was in a sweater, some culottes, and a, whatever those are. I just assume they're culottes. <laughs> did it say <laughs> a perfect day? Yeah, it did say a perfect day right oh. next to him. Yeah. I've never <laughs> noticed that. Yeah. It would have been funny, funny if like, you know, they worked in like the, uh, the line from, um, what was that? Uh, Step Brothers. It's like, wow, what's my favorite, uh, non-pornographic magazine to uh, masturbate to? Good housekeeping. And it was just like a good housekeeping catalog or something. (laughs) Padalecki and Jenna run in, they're yelling about Jason and dead bodies and all this stuff. And Lauren's like, are you fucking with me because I'm high? (laughs) (laughs) Good line. This is the part where Padalecki calls the cops and he says, I'm at the house by the lake. Yeah, that one. Yeah, that one. The only one. <laughs> Back in the bedroom, Trent trails breathe that her tits are just so juicy, dude. So juicy. I love that so much. <laughs> so juicy, dude. So juicy, dude. Tells her she has perfect nipple placement. <laughs> Which is not wrong. Yeah. This is when Jenna knocks on the door and like I said, Trent tells her to shut the fuck up. We back in the tool shed, we see Jason finds Chewie, stabs him in the throat with a screwdriver. Slowly. He takes his time with this one. <laughs> yeah. And then he goes up to the cabin and he sees uh Bree and Trent fucking and decides to just kind of take a break and watch. <laughs> yeah. He, he, Jason's kind of a voyeur in this one a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. He's just like, I'm gonna walk, I'm gonna see some boobies. He's like, I'm gonna kill these kids. Oh, hey. Hey, now. Those are stupendous. Yeah. Wow, look at the nipple placement on that one. Man, those are so juicy, dude. <laughs> Who's he talking to? <laughs> Freddy comes up with some popcorn. Hey, what's up? Been watching them for 20 <laughs> minutes now. Ash comes in. Groovy. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, they finish. Uh, seemingly, they both finish. So good for you, Trent. Yeah, simultaneously. They come out and <laughs> Trent sees... Padalecki there so mad <laughs> and he yeah like you were literally less than a minute ago you were inside Bree yeah and now you're like what the fuck are you doing with this guy fucking all over the woods yeah there's no post nut clarity here it's just post nut anger um I do love that he accuses them of fucking all over the woods oh, yeah <laughs> as you tend to do in your mid-20s uh Lawrence you went on a hike yesterday what were you doing in the woods were you fucking all over them? No. Okay. Lawrence goes to find Chewy. He takes a walk with him. <laughs> like a teriyaki walk, cooking walk. Yeah, he uses it like as a shield. As a shield, yeah. He like yeah. puts it over his arm like Captain America. I was like, that's actually a good idea. Right? Because <laughs> it like fit into his elbow, like, you know, right there, like the outside of the elbow, like really well. But he comes across Jason, gets in a little bit of fisticuffs with him. Yeah. And then runs away. And as he's running, Jason throws an axe, goes right into Lawrence's back. That was a good form, too. He just, like, foot planted forward, overhead toss, good spin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, as Lawrence is laying there dying, Jared Padalecki tells the rest of the crew to not to go out and help him because Jason is using him as bait, which all of a sudden Jared Padalecki is a Jason expert. Like, Yeah. Like, how does he know this? Right. Oh, wait, he's, you know, in a different life, he is Sam winchester and he deals with the undead all the time so he might like you know like things are just clicking this is 
this Friday the 13th, I've d- decided, is like one of those fever dreams that Sam and Dean have off to the side. Um, one of those random episodes. All right. Anyway. Jason apparently gets tired of waiting and just flips Lawrence over and pushes him down, down onto the axe. The axe like, goes through his chest. He's like, these guys are taking forever. I want some death. We see Trent go and grab a gun. You got a gun? <laughs> Meanwhile, Bree is just kind of exploring. Uh, I kind of like the way they do this scene where she goes in the bathroom and she like, you know, very slowly reaches for the shower curtain. And you're expecting as soon as she yanks it back, Jason's going to be in the shower. And but she yanks, it, she yanks it back and he's actually behind her. Which was nice. That was, yeah. that was well done. She gets impaled on some antlers, which I assume were like a towel rack or something. Yeah. Or why would they be in the bathroom? I, I assume as much as well. Uh, at this point, the sheriff shows up. Lasts about 30 seconds before getting a fire poker through the face. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like through his face, like all the way through. Like there was like parts of skin and brain hanging off it as it went through the door. Yeah. Uh, Trent hears something in the bathroom. So he starts shooting through the bathroom door, just shooting at Bree's dead body, which then falls off the antlers. So he freaks out and starts shooting at some more. <laughs> He's got one bullet left now. <laughs> Yeah, and he like he's trying to open the door, and her body's blocking the door. And finally, he gets it open. He's like, "He killed Bree," and I'm like, "Maybe you killed Bree because you just shot through the door seventeen times." <laughs> if she wasn't dead, she is now. Yeah, no shit. So Trent gets in the sheriff's car, starts trying to call for backup, and all of a sudden, Bree's body comes flying out of the second story window. Then they just, wasn't this? They did it in three. Yeah, it was three. Like. Yeah, she's thrown through like the window and lands on top of the car, breaks the windshield. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was three. Pretty sure it was three. Uh, let's see, where am I? Oh, so Trent loses his gun while they're running, while they're fleeing. He loses it in like a swag. Yeah, like a, a bog, random yeah. bog. <laughs> he then runs out into the street and almost gets hit by a truck. <laughs> Got hit by a truck. <laughs> he broke my tibia. <laughs> he broke my tibia. <laughs> but the driver of the truck kind of waves him over. And I, th- I think this Scary. old man, I think this old man is the old man from the remake of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It looked like it, right? Which is also Platinum Dune. So it makes yeah. sense. So Texas Chainsaw, Friday the 13th, Transformers, same universe. Bayiverse. The Bayiverse. So Trent starts walking towards the, the truck and all of a sudden Jason pops out. He stabs Trent and then there's there's like these is it a tow truck or something? I'm not sure why there's, there's like these a th- things yeah, sticking off the back of the truck. It's a tow truck, but you don't see that shit on a tow truck. Yeah, there's just these bars coming off the back of the truck and Jason just picks Trent up and impales him on one of those and the guy drives off. Yeah. He's like, oh no. <laughs> I wonder how long it took that guy to realize there was a dead body on the back of his truck. Well since all the cops are dead probably a little while. That's true. No one's gonna stop him be like hey there's a, an impaled 20-year-old on the back of your truck. <laughs> All those damn kids always getting into shit. <laughs> back at the camp, Padalecki hears Whitney screaming. Uh, he eventually finds the trap door, opens it up. They go in and they f- come across Jason's lair, find Whitney. Free her. They get a pick- Is it a pickaxe? Yeah, they got a pickaxe. So he's using this pickaxe on the chains. Finally breaks it right as Jason approaches. Yeah. Great timing. Yeah. So they take off running. 
they're climbing up a ladder and all of a sudden we just see a machete come right through Jenna's chest. Yeah. So she did. Yeah. Apparently she was supposed to live a lot longer, but I don't know how she would live a lot longer since there's like 10 minutes of the movie left. Yeah. Uh, they also kick over a lantern and they start this big fire down in the tunnels. Yeah. That thing just went up. I guess that's where all the kerosene went. Must've been. Yeah. Right next to a lantern. That's smart, Jason. Smart. Yeah, smart. You don't put kerosene next to an open flame. But so they escape through a school bus, which was kind of cool. It's like this upturned school bus. Yeah, it's one of the tunnel entrances. Yeah, and the tunnel goes right into the school bus. Yeah, which was really cool. That was cool. There was not enough done in the school bus, in my opinion. No, they Uh, quickly get out of it. That was such a cool set. You could have done more with it. Yeah. Or write a horror movie and use a school bus properly. Padalecki climbs out of the school bus, and Jason is there. Smashes Padalecki's head through a couple of the windows. Yeah. The, yeah, poor like Jared Padalecki. He got like fifty-five concussions in <laughs> in Supernatural, and bam, there's another one right here. At least, yeah, yeah. Whitney hides and is able to kind of kick Jason off her when he finds her. She takes off running as she climbs out of the bus. There's Padalecki, just like, "Hey, here I am. I'm okay. Let's go." Yeah, yeah. you know, for a girl that's been like held in captivity and chained, she was pretty spry. That's true. She's and like, I who just had his face. <laughs> for a guy who just had his head smashed through at least three windows, so was he. Yeah, he's just like, there, there's no wobble in his walk. Yeah. Like, it would have been more realistic if he, like, randomly ran into, like, a fucking, like, tree. Yeah. No, I'm good. I'm good. I'm just walking it off. So they run into Little Kev's workshop. <laughs> Which just happens to be right there, apparently. <laughs> yeah, we don't know how long they run for, I guess, but. That's true. They could have gone miles. They're kind of just, you know, moving slowly, looking around, and Jason bursts through the window, which happens multiple times in the series, most notably in part two. Yep. Surprise, motherfuckers. <laughs> Sergeant Dokes? Sorry. Uh, he grabs Padalecki. At this point, this is... This I, ha- I hate this scene. I do, too. Whitney takes the locket, shows it to Jason... And tells him she's his mother. Yeah. He's not that dumb. No. He's like, my mother's head's in a bathtub. Yeah. Like, I found my mother dead 30 years ago, and I've kept her head in my wall. Now, all of a sudden, he thinks this 20-year-old is his mom? No. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. That's just bad writing. Yeah, I hated that. But Padalecki wraps a chain around Jason's neck. Throws the other end in the wood chipper. So he gets strung up. Uh, He's able to break free because he's Jason. Yeah. So Whitney takes the machete, stabs him. Just once. Only once. (laughs) Actually, as he's he's about to get his head caught in the wood chipper. Yeah. She takes the machete and stabs him. She says, say hi to mommy in hell. (laughs) (laughs) Boo. So bad. They then throw Jason, the hockey mask, and the locket into the lake, which, as we all know, is where Jason gets his power. Yeah. It's like the Undertaker's urn. Yeah. And so they're all just like, well, that's done. And then Jason bursts through the dock, grabs Whitney, roll credits. <laughs> and Jerry Padalecki's is like, hey. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> that's kind of cool. Oh, shit. <laughs> okay. So you told me you hate this movie. <laughs> 
the ending just is really, really, really bad. So it just ruined it for me. It's just like they rushed it. Like the ending should have been like another ten minutes. And there's a couple like you know, there's like some Chekhov's gun things here. It's like you know, they show the wood chipper. It's like, oh, the wood chipper's going to get used on Lil Kev. Nope. All right, it's going to get used on Jason. Kind of. And it's like, yeah, it, it, they never use the wood chipper to its full like potential. And like you know, when they're going outside the garage, there is the um, the bug zapper. I'm like, hey, that'd be a, cu- a really cool death. And they keep showing it and focusing on it for like yeah. 20 minutes of the movie, not used once. And in horror movies, when you you know you focus on something like that, it's like, oh, hey, the wood chipper is going to be used. The bug zapper is going to be used, and they go unused. No, that that's big disappointments for me. It's like give me. Like, you know, shoving, like breaking off the cage and shoving like the electrical part down like some dude's throat. Like in part five where they shoved a road flare down uh, a guy's throat. Which yeah. Is fucking cool. But anyway, um, yeah. But you I'm love not, it. I'm well, or, I'm not going to go so far as say I love it. You but tolerate it. I, I think it got a bad rap. I don't really understand a lot of the complaints because like even as the critics consensus says it, it's a rehash of the other movies. Right. And it, I think it has the same kind of tone and the same kind of feel as the rest of the movies. And so it's like, what more do you want? It's like, they almost like took one through four and made it into 97 minutes. It was one through three. That was, that was their idea was they were going to take the first three movies and they were going to kind of combine them into one. Yeah. And put some of their own spin on it, obviously. Right. Right. Yeah. There were some cool deaths in this, like, you know, and some good homages. Um, but yeah, it's like the ending was just so rushed and just and so nonsensical and just, yeah, it's just so ham fisted. Yeah. Like, Cause you know, when Mike gives Whitney the locket and he says, Oh, it looks like you. And so yeah, then yeah. for her to be like, it's me, mommy. I'm like, get the fuck out. Come on. He, he, she wouldn't know that. And even if she did, like we said, he found his mom. And has kept her head in his wall for 30 years. Yeah. And we're supposed to believe that all of a sudden he thinks she's alive and young. Younger yeah. than she was when he found her dead. Right. Exactly. And like, I mean, what was it? Number seven in which like the uh, final girl puts on like the sweater and pretends to be Jason's mom. Or was it? Six? Yeah. Yeah. Tina. Yeah. yeah. Tina. It was seven. And, you know, that made sense because Jason was a walking buffoon that was undead and he's like oh hey that could be mom it's wearing the sweater kind of smells like her after she's been running through a woods for 30 years but you know what benefit of the doubt has the same voice i'm a little you know i've been stabbed a few times (laughs) been drowned in a lake a couple more times anyway like you know but yeah you're right it's like jason wasn't totally undead at this point he's actually a functioning very athletic skill learning you know monster and she's like no nah, I'm, I'm mommy he's like oh okay yeah like i mean clearly he has developmental issues but he's he's not that dumb no he you know he's probably got an iq of like maybe 80 and they're like treating him he's like got an iq of four in this scene yeah that that really makes no sense none whatsoever but yeah i mean for me the whole thing is that i i thought it felt like a continuation of the series. Yes, it obviously rehashes it stuff did. because it is a reboot. It's not a it's a sequel. Yeah. But 
people just shat on it and I thought it was unfair. Uh, yeah, I can see that. It's like I do think a lot of people, like I was saying earlier, didn't like that they explained a lot of things right. that were kind of a mystique, you know, like I mean, even there was always kind of the question of did Jason actually die in the lake? Right. Because obviously at the end of part one, he pops out of the lake. Yeah. And he's like covered in seaweed. It's like, how did you not find the body in like a pond based camp? Crystal? I'm sorry. Crystal Lake is a fucking pond. You will find a body in there. (laughs) It'll take like a diver an hour, like just one diver. The diver will get him. Yeah, but it's New Jersey. So there's probably lots of bodies in there. Uh, That's true. And it's like, hey, Tony, don't go in that lake. You're going to find some things you don't want to find. And we don't want you to find those things. <laughs> Why would you do but, this like with a bunch of kids constantly swimming in it? <laughs> yeah, like what are the kids would have freaking found the body? <laughs> anyway, sorry. But I, I did think it was always funny that there was this question of whether or not Jason died in the lake. And I'm like, in part two, he's a grown ass man. Like, yeah. how do you, if he died in the lake, how is he a grown ass man? <laughs> Yeah, they they took a lot of liberties between one and two. He's like, he's a 12-year-old boy at the end of one. And then all of a sudden, he's like, you know, 28, going on 50. But might be a ghost. Might be a ghost. Is all of a sudden, six foot seven, 345 pounds. What did you you think of Derek Mears as as Jason? I like Derek Mears as Jason. Mm -hmm. He was a good Jason. He was like, he actually added a real good like intimidating hulking quality to Jason. I agree. Yeah. Kane Hodder, you know, you, it's hard to top the original, but Derek Mears as Jason is, is about as close as you can get to like the original without going over. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, he's, he's tall. He's not as bulky as Kane Hodder. No, Kane Hodder was like a behemoth, like a Leviathan. And Derek Mears is just like, a specimen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I enjoy it. If, if you're a big Friday the 13th fan, you're either going to like it or hate it. I feel like I'm, I tend to I be on the dislike side, but like, there is a lot to like, I just like the ending just kind of like sours the whole thing for me. It's like, it was a good buildup. And then it's just like, Oh, all right. We're going to get like a nice, like prolonged ending. Like we got like, you know, a good final battle. And we never got a really good final battle. It was all rushed. Yeah, I, I fully understand that. And honestly, they could have had that scene almost exactly the way it was without the Jason, it's me, mommy thing. Right, right. It could have like just he been. He could have just like been about to get sucked in the thresher and like yanked himself out and then gotten stabbed by Whitney. Yeah. S- same result. Right. And another thing that drove me nuts is his head was getting like, you know, they were showing like his head's like getting hit by the wood chipper. And. Yeah, that had no effect on anything whatsoever at the end. I don't think hockey masks are that strong. No, that thing would have been ripped off and shredded. (laughs) Anyway. Anyway, yeah. Shannon and Swift wanted to make a sequel that was finally going to put Jason in the snow, but it couldn't get greenlit. And then there was all the shit with the rights between Victor Miller and Sean Cunningham. (sighs) They just need to figure that shit out. I mean, we were talking about this earlier, and as as far as I understand, and I'm not going to act like I'm some kind of expert, but as far as I understand, Victor Miller owns the name Friday the 13th and everything that happened in the first movie. Right. So he owns Camp Crystal Lake. Yep. He owns Pamela Voorhees. Yep. He owns the name Jason Voorhees. Yep. 
But Sean Cunningham owns the image of the hockey mask, the image of Jason as the, the killer, pretty much everything that we know as a Friday the 13th movie. Right. The essence of Friday the 13th he owns. And the other guy owns the IP of everything else. Yeah. So Victor Miller could go make a movie called Friday the 13th and have it be, you know, a remake of the first with Pamela being the killer or make a new killer or something, whatever he wants. And Sean Cunningham could go make a movie called Jason or, you know, Jason Jason 13 or whatever. Jason goes to hell. (laughs) I mean, I, I think that was part of the reason why those movies were called Jason goes to hell and Jason X, X and not, yeah. not Friday the 13th, nine Friday the 13th, 10s. I think that was part of it was that the rights were s- split. Why can't we get these two, like lock these two in a room and just have them like hash it out? You know, I think they tried. It can't, it can't be that difficult. Like, you know, this is a fucking cash cow 50, 50. Let's call it a day there mediated child's plays the same way. Yeah. That's why there's two different child's plays. Cause they remade child's play and that's why he in the movie he's not called Chucky. Oh yeah, God, it's so annoying. Uh oh. Pearl Gray has to go outside apparently. All right, well let's wrap this up then. Do you got any last thoughts? I, it, it's fun for the first eighty-seven minutes, I think, and then it's the last ten that really grind on me. Yeah, like I said, if you're a big Friday the Thirteenth fan, you're going to like this for all the, for the reasons why it's it feels like a Friday the Thirteenth movie. Or you're going to hate it because it's uh, a more modern take because it is a HD clean looking movie. So I don't know. I have the killer cut on DVD and I watched the the Netflix version for this and I really don't know the difference. Oh, yeah. I remember I've seen it in theaters and Netflix and that's the only place I've seen it. I can't I can't think of what's what's different in the killer cut right now. I either nothing immediately when I watched this. I was just like, oh, it's missing that scene or whatever. But yeah, I mean. If you're a Friday the 13th fan, you've probably seen this already. If you're just looking for some some schlocky horror fun, I say check it out. Kevin, would you say check it out? I'd say watch it. All right. There you yeah. go. Maybe skip like, the final 10 minutes. Like I said, it is on Netflix right now. So go check it out before it's gone. Uh, thank you for listening to Cult of Splat. If you enjoyed us talking about the show, then make sure to head over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Leave a review. Uh, give us five stars. If you can add some words to it, that that does carry a little more weight. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be anything like, I really enjoy this podcast. Put like, I like cheese pizza. That's fine. Yeah. Like we we had someone leave us a review that literally said, it's a podcast. Fine. Great. Great. Love it. Yeah. That's all we need. Yep. You can also make sure to uh, follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as Cult of Splat. You can also follow me at the Taylor Bartle on Twitter and Instagram. Kevin, where do they follow you? Uh, the or I almost said the Kevin Escoda, but that's wrong. Just Kevin Escoda on Twitter and Nescoda D U H instead of D A at on the Instagram. Great. So uh, until next week, thank you for listening and see ya. Bye.